Is, is there joy in your heart this morning? Is there joy? I'm looking out to see. Joy in your heart today. Can you say, I've got joy. Amen. Declare it even if you don't feel it right now. I've got joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. And what is the joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. You need strength this morning. Start confessing joy. Amen. Hallelujah. worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea, my God, he holds the victory. Come on, sing it. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross. And he rose up from that grave. My God still runs away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, yeah, yeah. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Come on! House of the Lord, sing House of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. If we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise.
you're never gonna let me down you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down cause you are good you're good Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good.
himself of his promises. He's my strength when I'm weak. In my weakness, he's made strong.
that he is faithful to me. Even when I haven't been faithful to him, God has been faithful to me. And you can say that for yourself today because his word also said he's no respecter of person. What he did for me, he'll do for you. It's not because I stand on the platform every Sunday that he's doing something special for me. It's not because of that. It's because of his word alive and active in me and my choice to make him my firm foundation, make him the rock I stand that my beginning of my day and my end of day and everything between there, I put my trust in him for it. Amen? God is good. He is faithful. It's good to see you this morning. We're so glad you're here in the house of the Lord this morning. I hope that you've found moments of joy already. I hope you found a word that has applied to you already. But guess what? If you haven't yet, it's okay. In a few moments, you're going to hear something. Be ready to write it down. Be ready to take a snapshot of something on the uh, sidewalls. Something that will not only sustain you for today, but for all the week, weeks to come. It may be months, but I promise you what you hear today, you can apply to your life at some season. You're going to need it, so make sure you write it down. Amen? We're going to take about a five-minute break right now. There's refreshments in the back. It's a great time to take a comfort break. And just silence your phones. Be ready. Come back attentive, ready to hear God's word. We'll see you in five minutes.
Good morning, chapel. Good morning. If y'all could just find your seats, right? <laughs> Take your coffee. It's good to see y'all. Y'all look really great today. Y'all look, y'all look awesome. Very beautiful church. Um, we just got some announcements. We're going to go ahead and, and get into real fast so we can get into the word and get fed. Uh, just some of the announcements real quick. Real, real fast. We have uh, uh, just a baptism coming up on Sunday, April 30th. If, if you want to follow in the example of Jesus Christ, we encourage that very uh, strongly. And we have a little, basically a little uh, uh, sign-up sheet in the back on that connection table. And uh, we would love for you to sign up for that. It'll have like a place for your name and a phone number just to reach out to you. And uh, we just strongly encourage you to come. And if you've already been baptized, come and just cheer on those who have made that choice. Uh, uh, to be baptized. We're also got something really fun coming up. Uh, it's going to be our all-church work day uh, on the 29th. So it's before the baptism, that, that basically that Saturday before. Uh, come, come early. Come at around 8 or so. There's going to be a breakfast. Uh, we want you to come and get fed and not just come and work, but come and get fed, a little bit of fellowship, and then really help our church out, uh, accomplish some neat things that we've got uh, planned uh, and uh, we're all excited, and that's for everybody. That's not just a men's thing. It's for all people. We want you all to come and participate in that. And, uh, uh, and again, there's a breakfast, and it'll go on until just about noon or so. Um, uh, so it won't be all day, you know, but it'll be fun. And there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, as you saw with Easter, it was great with all the Easter eggs. They did a great job, the Children's Church, um, and everything they did. But there is some really neat future opportunities in our women's group, and our men's, our youth, our young adults. If you want to find out about that, we have a lot of information that's going to be going out on our Facebook, Instagram, and, uh, and there's some information even in the back where that uh, connection table is. And again, if you're a first-time guest, I just want to also say this, welcome. We love you, and we just are so excited you chose to pick Sunday at our church uh, to come and be here. There's a connection card if you want to fill that out and uh, put that in the usher's table or the little plate, offering plate back there. That'd be great. We love you all, and I'm going to go ahead and bring in our pastor who is a rock star. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to bring the word. We love you. Hallelujah. I feel like I need to have a guitar or something, you know. I'm glad that you're here today. And uh, before we start, I just wanted to start out with something a little funny. And uh, I know that Kristen Cruz, uh, Justin, that just was here, uh, she is in the hospital today uh, waiting uh, for a couple weeks for the baby to turn and uh, to have the baby. So we need a couple more weeks. We're going to pray for her at the end and of our service. And also, uh, Terry Vodder is going in tomorrow for a, a check. We're going to pray for total healing in his life. Um, you know, as we've been in this part of the messages on the blessing, it's important for us to realize that sometimes going in one direction all of our life, there has to be a change. You know, sometimes that's what's funny. Something that happens or it's something that is told that we're not expecting, and then it's a shift, and then we laugh. It kind of reminds me of a man that was a sports fanatic. I mean, he loved sports, and it just so happened that this year his favorite football team was going to the Super Bowl. And so he, he talked around and somebody at work said, I got a, a pair, just two tickets, but I got a pair uh, uh, of Super Bowl tickets, but they're $2,000. And he said, I'll take them. 
So he bought the Super Bowl tickets, and he was kind of bragging around to his brother. And his brother goes, do you realize that the same day as the Super Bowl is the date your fiancé and you are getting married? Oh, he was tore up. So he was... uh, is a little sad, so he decided to put an ad on Facebook Marketplace, anybody that could take his place. The ad read that uh, it will be at First Baptist Church at 3 o'clock, and her name is Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany, First Baptist Church, 3 o'clock. Have you ever lived in a way that you knew it was right until somebody said, what, what, what? And said something different, and you go, I never thought of it that way. And all of a sudden, sometimes the frustrations of doing things started clearing up. I, I could give you an examples, but, you know, a lot of times it's reading the instructions. There's nothing like trying to put something together, guys, because we don't need instruction books, do we? Come on now. I remember uh, going to Home Depot, and I'd planned a, a family. It wasn't just my family, but a family cookout where I had about 15 to 20 people coming over. And I had bought a barbecue, a pit, you know, kind of a, a grill. And I looked at the price of the assembled versus the unassembled, and I thought, <laughs> I'm a man. What do I do? I need somebody to assemble it for me. This is back when I was a little younger and more smarter. Hardy, har, har. I thought. I went home and struggled and struggled and struggled, and the time got closer and closer for the cookout until it dawned on me that little booklet in there is called Instructions for a Reason. And the frustrations of putting that thing together, it's just so simple, came together. I started looking at it, following the diagram. This morning, there's sometimes in our life as Christians, there's baggage that we all have to to, to carry because of things that we have learned. And a lot of times, let me tell you, it, it's good-meaning people that have taught us this. They just were wrong. And sometimes we've been taught things that weren't even the Word of God, but we... We adopted it as our belief system, and out of that belief system, even today, we're making, you know, choices that put us in experiences, and we're going, why am I so frustrated? It, it, see, in, in so many times in the church world, uh, the, we want to say that our spiritual maturity is based on how much wealth or possessions we have, and that's wrong. But let me tell you, it's just as wrong as saying that our spiritual maturity is based on how little we have or the poverty that we are in. There's a, there's a kind of a, an excuse that we kind of come up with it. You know, I, I, I just am not spiritually mature enough because I don't have enough or I have too much. Now, this morning, as we're into the uh, whole series on the blessing, and really out of the last 12 weeks, 10 weeks, we've been in the Old Testament, and we've been talking about the subject of favor on the believer's life. I mean, those people that followed God, starting really the believers and the followers, we know Adam and Eve were followers. Uh, The Bible says that even God would walk with them. And even at the beginning, God says to them, this is my purpose for man, is to 
not only be on the earth, duh, but be on the earth and subdue the earth. And I'm giving you authority over the earth. Be blessed, be fruitful and multiply. And out of that, we were talking so many weeks on where we go as believers. We're really working the garden. We're taking the principles of God to a world that desperately needs it. So when we get into a place, and it might be our workplace, it might be a, a school situation, it, it might be at, even at, at a grocery store, you're taking the principles of God and making it better wherever you go. There's a responsibility on the believers. In the Old Testament, there was a definite, you, you can start going through with uh, the people that we know, Noah and uh, Abraham, the blessing. It says, Abraham, you're blessed in order to be a blessing. Some people get that, you know, kind of messed up there. I'm blessed and I'm blessed and I'm blessed and I, I, I'm blessed and I'm blessed. No, they missed the part. You're blessed for reason. As you know, a lot of you that we own, we, you and I own, Axiom Coffee down here as a church. And Axiom is, our Axiom is a, a self-evident truth that needs no proof in that we're blessed in order to be a blessing. And so every time we say that word, Axiom, we, we want to be a blessing to the community. And, and you know, uh, it, it just thrills me. This week, uh, Harvey sent me a, a email of one of the reviews and just saying how much the people of Axiom are so friendly. You know, the, the coffee's good and all that. that okay, okay, okay. We're not in the coffee business. we got to have coffee. But we're in the people business. There's people that'll be disgruntled about everything. But we want to be a blessing in spite of whatever person is going to the coffee shop as well as our church. Now, stick with me on this because in the Old Testament, favor was seen on the person, the believer, the follower of God, because the, the amount of assets that he had. I mean, Abraham was rich. And some people get talking about money in the church. But let me tell you, you cannot read the Bible in the Old Testament not see that Abraham is rich and Isaac is rich and Jacob is rich. Joseph is the second in command. He's rich in the Patriarchs, as you're going through and the people of God, we'll, we'll go back in weeks to come and talk about them even gaining the promise of the promised land. But, but I want you to see as we, we went into Easter in the New Testament, there, there's a, a, a change that the, the favor of God was on the believer and therefore inside working out, outside favor, where in the New Testament we see that the, the favor is inside the believer and therefore there's a fruit that's coming outside of that favor that's inside him or her did I confuse you enough on that inside out and there's a lot of times that we say pastor I, I want to seem like I'm favored or you know and, and there's little things I, I, I'm not going to argue with you if you get a parking space up front yay I like that too and all those things of you seeing that, wow, that is an amazing act of God. But listen to me. When you get to the place of saying, you know, I just, if I could have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, then I would see that I could be a blessing to somebody else. Let me just kind of uh, maybe change your belief system this morning. 
And I want to show you a verse. This is out of the Amplified, the, the classic version, out of 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. Look at, look at this verse. And take a picture of this and look at this often. I'll read it to you. And God is able to make all grace, look at that, every favor and earthly blessing. It's not only money, or it's money, but not only money. It is every earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you may always and under all, how many? All circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. In other words, you've got enough. So right there and right then, we have to stop and go, do I have enough to be able to be a blessing to somebody? Yes. Very important for us to catch this. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. We're going to be talking about the abundance of the kingdom of God. And I want to stretch your capacity this morning because sometimes you have been maybe in a church somewhere or that didn't look at it this way. But this passage of scripture is speaking to you and I that says we have enough. And some of us are not there yet, but we're working towards that place. And we have to be convinced that God is trying to get to us. He, he has the ability and the desire to bring resources to allow kingdom influences in that circumstance that you're in right now. Can I say it again? Thank you. Whatever season in life that you're in. God has the ability and desire to bring resources to allow kingdom influence in that circumstance. What does that mean? What does it mean for Joseph to be blessed when it's abundance? When he's, uh, when he's in prison? It's not that he's wanting a, a golden chariot. It's not that he's wanting, you know, a, 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 a this or that. He just, in his lane that he's running in, his life, in this season, it is to be the best servant or best uh, prisoner that he could be, and he progresses to the head of the prison. For the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he's in a shipwreck, or he's, let me say this, he's in the middle of a storm on a ship that everybody is convinced that they're going to die. But because of who he is with God inside of him, working inside and throughout, the word of God comes. He's able to hear the voice of God so he can go and tell the whole people on the ship, even the people that are keeping him there on the ship, saying, you don't have to worry because who I am is I'm a servant of God and he's told me that we're all going to live. Bad news, the ship's going to be destroyed, but we're going to live. Do, do you see that God is bringing resources in the middle of that circumstances that there was no way that they could have ever known. There's no peace that they could have. But with a follower of God there and being able to hear the voice of God in that circumstance, be able to get a breakthrough. That's what I'm talking about. I want to read another passage of Scripture 
about the abundance. And it's in 3 John. And you know what chapter it is? There's only one chapter in 3 John. Okay, here it is, the first chapter. It says in verse 2, beloved, here's John. He's the apostle that was with Jesus. I think he knows something, don't you? He says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and in be good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. He's talking that, again, I'm praying and I'm believing that you can prosper not only physically, but also spiritually. Now, now, read it. Let me read it out of the message translation. I pray for good fortune in everything you do and for your good health, your everyday affairs prosper as well as your soul. Now, again, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. We're talking about being healthy. And, and a lot of people, as I've said before, if you go up to them and say, can I pray with you about something? They, they, they might not even have the truth of God. They might be uh, Hindu or Buddhist, or, but they'll say, yeah, would you pray? And a lot of times the three areas that they pray for are their finances or their relationships or their health. Can you help me in my health? But do you know a lot of times we don't see our health as being our, our, our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions. But what we'll learn in the next couple of weeks is everything we know about the kingdom of God works in that area in our life. And as God is allowed to work in our life, then there's fruit that comes out of that. And that's where it's exciting. That's the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Ooh, don't you hate that last one sometimes. But again, as we allow God into our life, self-control becomes evident. Can I get an amen? I get a little quiet here. I know that we're learning something here. That God's will is for you to prosper not only physically, not only financially, but more important, spiritually. In all areas of your life. Can, can you just say that occasionally, driving down the road, when you're in the morning, maybe drinking your coffee, whatever you do in the morning, before you go to bed, say, God, I know that you want to bless me in all areas of my life, not just spiritually. I, I want you to see something that maybe some, sometimes you overlook and it's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. We believe that we are subjects or we're, we're followers of Jesus Christ and we're part of the kingdom of God. That when you come to know Jesus Christ and make him personal Lord and Savior of your life. Did you hear me? Lord and Savior of your life. Your eternity with God begins at that moment. We're not in a hovering state until we die. Until our eternity begins. And as we're being, as, as we're disciples of Christ, which is dis disciplined learners of followers of Christ, that we're, we're watching the word of God and listening and hearing and putting it into our lives. That's called being transformed by the renewing of your mind and how the word of God will do that. 
And all of a sudden, the kingdom of God that Jesus came to establish begins to become evident in our life. And watch this. This is sometimes what we go through life and we're born. And we talked about the bios kind of life from the duration of our life, from the time that we're born until the time we die. And last week when we talked about in Easter, you know, the Easter resurrected life of a believer, that we died to our sins, that we're resurrected again with Jesus. And then we follow his example in water baptism, which we'll do at the end of this month. But listen to me. When he comes into our life, we have the Zoe kind of life. That's the exceedingly abundantly above a lot of people's even imagination because it's to the full, to the overflow. That's, that's the life that he's come to give us. But when we hear the prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer, which really, I, don't, I think it should be our prayer, the believer's prayer, because it says, forgive us our sins. Jesus didn't need his sins forgiven. So your prayer and mine starts out by saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, sometimes we miss that being a disciple, in the, the same word uh, disciple in the Greek and in the uh, uh, Roman you know, world, uh, which was Greek, but it, it had a meaning of the influencer after a conquered country had been taken over and then a settlement was established, say of Rome uh, influence, that the disciple would go in there and create the culture of the motherland, fatherland, whatever they wanted to call it. So that the people of that community would learn a new culture of life. The influencer, the discipler, the, uh, you could call him the ambassador, you could call him the governor, would feel just as at home in Rome as he would be at this new culture that he had just created. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why isn't that happening? <laughs> I don't know, Pastor. It's surely my fault. No, come on. If you look at Matthew 13, Jesus continually says, the kingdom of God is like this, or the kingdom of heaven is like this. I mean, there, there's illustrations of, of seed and sower, and one of those, and, and I'll, I'll refer to another one in a minute, but is in Mark chapter 18, the same story, but a different way of saying it. And, and he talks about seed, and Mark brought this out a couple weeks ago. Uh, some fell on you know, the, the uh, path, and some fell on stony ground, and some fell on uh, thorny ground where the thorns came up and choked it out. And Jesus later tells his disciples kind of the meaning, and he says this, the seed sown among thorns, hear the word, okay? We're, we're talking about the kingdom of God and, and being uh, established not only in our life, but the, the circle of influence wherever we go. Creating that garden, so to speak, that we talked about. That we're bringing the kingdom of God to where we live. And so the word of God is what's transforming us to be able to bring that to the world. Watch this. The reason why it is not happening a lot of times is because we are focused on distractions 
instead of focusing on our purpose. And, and this passage of scripture, man, is like a flashlight in a dark room. You can see, boom, here it is. Seed sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life. Come on now. Anybody go through any worries of life? Or deceitfulness of wealth? Or the desires for other things? Just kind of loop them all together there, desires for other things. We all have somewhat, if we don't fight it, destination disease. Pastor, I don't know. I'd never heard that one before. Here it is. If I can get to that place, I'll be happy. (laughs) Anybody beside me ever done that? The thorns are these distractions, the worries of life. They can be just little ankle biters. Things that happen in life. I can't bring the kingdom. I can't do godly principles. Do do you realize that I needed four tires last month on my car? I got a ticket. Can you believe that? If I didn't have to pay that $175 to the city of Hearst, I could have given that to God. Anybody beside me ever got a ticket and think, oh, what I could have done with that money? Let's go on. All these little things, the worries of the life, the deceitfulness of wealth. Boy, if I had just another this amount of money, oh, come on. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Deceitfulness of wealth. And the desire for other things. They come and choke the word of God, making it unfruitful. What's that mean? The abundance that's in the kingdom of God, he's got everything necessary for us, for every good work that he calls us to. But a lot of times we get to that place, well, I don't, I don't know if, Pastor, I don't, I, I, I can't. Can I just say the next passage says, But other seeds sown on good soil, hear the word of God, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. Let let me not give you any feeling of condemnation of getting caught in the trap of those things, the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches, and desire for other things. No, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to bring it to your awareness so that you can walk through that and into a level of maturity that you'll look back and go, I'm not going there again. The words of life will come around and it'll cycle all through our lives. We talked about that last week with discouragement and understanding that God has come to give us hope. How? Because he's come to give us life to the full, to the abundance, to the overflow. Push through that. Clean out, <laughs> so to speak, your garden of all those crazy things that are keeping the fruit from coming in abundance in your life. Why? Because the world needs you. When Jesus uh, was walking around and doing miracles, I I don't know if you ever noticed, but but he defined the kingdom of God. 
See, sometimes we think like the disciples that he came, you know, to build a palace and to set up this kingdom, you know, a crown, you know, and subjects with a big, you know, baton or whatever they carry, you know, and throne room. And But he said this, he says, the kingdom of God is within you. Don't be like most of the people at that time went, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they really didn't get it. He, he went on to another time and said, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Meat and drink. In other words, it's not all these rituals. It's not physical in the physical world. It's in the spiritual, the unseen world. Now, I've been studying this all week. So about that time in my message, I'm going, woo, hallelujah. I, I know it's going to take you a minute to get there. And I'm okay with that, just as long as you get there. It, it's, it's the unseen world that influences the world that we can see. See, if we're not careful, we don't believe in our identity as a follower of Christ, a child of God, the child of the king, a king, no, no, the king. And walking in that identity, we realize that the unseen world influences the seen world. Instead of being somebody that goes, if I don't see it, taste it, touch it, feel it, if I don't use the five senses, then it's not real. Immature. You'll realize later in life, you should have read the instruction book. Every time that Jesus would walk around and he would, he would see a need. It's so cool because he would see a need. Someone that needed to be healed, he would heal them. And he'd say, the kingdom of God has come near to us. Or a demon-possessed person would be set free and freedom would be exhibited. And people would go, whoa! Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life. So where that was demonstrated... Freedom over this demon that was trying to possess or trying to influence this person and bring fear to the whole area, the kingdom of God, Jesus, would come into the scene and go, done. Have life. You want a little life? There's a little life. You want a little more? There's a little life. What's the need? They're hungry. They have it. Five loaves, two fishes, a little life. Here it is. A little abundance. We don't have enough, only five loaves, two feet. Enough and more than enough. See, we go from the place of I don't have enough to God, you have, no, you have more than enough for me to influence the world and the people that are around me. I want to say I'm so grateful that you are here today, you world changers. Every time Jesus did that, he would display that the kingdom of the physical was influenced by the spiritual, the unseen world. Because of the power that was working through him, again, he was supplied with more than enough in abundance. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you. It's not a trick question, I hope, for some of you. 
But do you believe that there's sickness and disease in heaven? Let me think about this. What, what chapter would that be? The answer is no. We're not waiting to die to go to earth and suffer with sickness and health in our health. There is no sickness and disease in heaven. We as believers, as children, we're praying God for that person that's in sickness. And, and Terry, in Jesus' name, be healed. Another parable that Jesus would tell them about the kingdom of God, it's mentioned in Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. And it says this, He told them still another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It's like, okay, everybody with me? It's not yeast, it's like, he's using an illustration. Just make sure. You, like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. See, he's comparing the kingdom of heaven to leaven or yeast. Do you realize that they tell me that it just takes a little yeast, yeast, not <laughs> yeast to go into that? Do you know how much? About a tablespoon. See, sometimes we think, oh, I've got to know all the passages of Scripture I can't, before I'm anything in the kingdom of God. For all that to be able to be displayed, and it says that it, if, if the illustration is that here this little bit of yeast, the kingdom of God, is if it's put into this great amount of flour and water and it is allowed to rise and then baked, it becomes the form of what it's cooked in and therefore it displays, it doesn't stay flat, it rises to the occasion. I want you to understand that Jesus is going through and he's trying to teach people that it, what I am bringing to you is so much life. If you'll just experience it, you'll never, ever want to go back. Do you realize that living out the kingdom principles from the heart of God, the, seeking the harmony of God with men. And, and, and it's, it makes an incredible difference in the relationship that we have with people. Think about it. The passages that God says that we can do. We can seek forgiveness of our brother. Who, who teaches that stuff? In the natural, there is no way that some people... Understanding the principles of the king, the kingship or the lordship of God. Do you realize that it causes people to go the extra mile? It empowers people to pray for and even seek the best for their enemies. Another passage says that we can be 
like the salt and the light of the world. That, that's, that's the kingdom of heaven working in and through us. But there, let, me, let me say this. When we come to know Jesus Christ and make him Savior of life, we believe that he forgives our sins and what he did on the cross for us. But to make him Lord of our life, we say, God, in everything I do, I give to you. There, there is no option, by the way. Yeah, I just do version A. I haven't really grown to version B yet. No, no, you can't accept him as your Savior and not your Lord. But to accept him and, and work in the lordship of Jesus Christ, I, I want you to hear me because th this is so important as a ripple effect of weeks to come. When we're talking about the kingdom of heaven being here with us to be able to establish that at work in our, in our families, the only way, there, there's a link to abundance to the lordship of Jesus Christ to being able to see the kingdom of God actually manifest through things in our life like miracles to take place and, and the fruit of the Spirit to being evident in our life to people that are around us. That There's a link to lordship. You, you know, in, in the passage, I believe it's in Matthew, that says that not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will go to heaven. You know, Lord, didn't I do all these miracles in your name? And didn't I cast out demons and prophesy in your name? But Jesus says this, Only those that do my Father's will will go to heaven. Kind of just cleans it up. <laughs> Believing the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life and mine, is believing the word of God. Believing what he says. And then being obedient to what he says. Sometimes I talk to people and they say, I, I don't believe I'm forgiven. Even though I've asked forgiveness in my life, I, I just, I, I still feel, do you understand that even though that they've confessed, they don't receive the salvation into their life. So what's the consequences? They continually walk in shame and guilt, low self-esteem. But believing 1 John 1, 9, what Jesus says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If I don't believe what he said then I don't receive what he has for me to offer or what he's offering me in abundance. I hope I hope I say that with with compassion because a lot of times if we're working in our five senses, you know, I, I don't feel because I can't see anything different in my life and I don't we won't be able to experience the abundance of the kingdom of God that God has already in store, put in our resource storehouse, so to speak, for us. If we don't believe that we're first of all forgiven. That, that it, it, it's so easy for a pastor, I know, to say that. But if you get to the place where you say, you know what? I don't have to feel it to be able to receive what God has said over my life.
Allow it to process in your life. Think about it. You'll argue with yourself, I'm not forgiven, I can't do it. Just say, God, I surrendered to your lordship. Because what we do is we begin to walk in uh, obedience to the other voices that are saying you're not forgiven. It's so much easier. That's why Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. It's easy. In other words, take my way of life. You're forgiven. You know, and again, I, I don't like to link the kingdom of God to money. It, it's not just money, but it does involve money. If, if the kingdom of God is to help somebody in need, James says, if your response is, go be warm and fed, but do nothing, you know what it's worth, right? So a lot of times, it takes money to be able to do that into the place of abundancy. The Old Testament had a connection with finances and the New Testament begins to talk about what's going on the inside of a person in order to be manifest through lordship. Now, let me give you some examples and we'll wrap it up. And we're going to build off these principles of the abundance of the kingdom of God working in and through our lives. But in the Old Testament, there, there's a story of the rich young ruler. And remember, he comes and he says, what do I need for eternal life? And Jesus says, you know, pretty much do the command. I've done all those. Woohoo! And then Jesus looks at him and realizes the one thing is that the distraction of wealth, he goes, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Whoopsie. That, that's the lordship putting a demand on who he was. And the answer was, I can't do that. Now, see, a lot of people will say, well, then what Jesus wants us to do in lordship is give everything that we have to the poor. That's not true. Because if you go to another passage in Zacchaeus, he's a tax collector and he's a wee little man. You remember he climbs a tree and Jesus goes to his house and he, he's really set free. The kingdom of God really comes at you know his luncheon that he has at his house. The reason is because Jesus sets him free and he says, I'm going to give uh, seven times back everything that I've stolen, you know, from somebody. But Jesus didn't say, no, not seven. I want you to give everything you've got back. See, it's never the, the amount. It is what's going on in the lordship of the person. See, I think there's so many times we've missed this that we get caught up in all the legalism of, of ooh, 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 you know, trying to work our way to lordship and I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that. And Jesus says, just give me your heart. It's not about the amount, it's about the lordship of Jesus. see a lot of people, and, and I remember in my life, what, what's the 70 all through school, you know? You mean I might not have to read the book, but I can still get a 70 and not have to study that much? Then that's for me. So a lot of people in Christianity goes, you know, what's the 70? And you ready? Ready? You can write this down. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
of surrendering yourself to what God has spoken in your life. All lordship issues deal with heart issues. And all heart issues have to do with kingdom issues. Do you, do you remember? Let me, let, let me remind you real quick because I think it's important to reflect back a couple weeks ago where here is Peter and he'll deny Christ and Judas will betray Christ and we go, why would they do that? And remember the, the passage in Matthew 25 where Jesus tells his disciples, in two days I'm going to go and I'm going to be crucified. And Judas goes, that's not what I signed up for. I'm not going to follow the Lordship of Christ. I'm not going to follow his authority because he doesn't even know what's right. I'm going to go force his hand, he thought probably, and, and I'm going to betray him to the uh, chief priest and elders. And he gets to the place, you know, of remorse to even to killing himself. Where Peter says when he hears Jesus say, I'm going to go to the cross, Peter says, no, you're not. I'm not going to let you. And do you remember Jesus, soft-spoken Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> because you don't have the thoughts of God, but a man. See, again, the lordship of Christ puts a demand on your belief system that says, will you allow Jesus to be Jesus again to establish the kingdom of God right where you are? Pastor, I don't know if I have enough. Let me again remind you, 2 Corinthians 9.8, which will be kind of a hinge pin to our, hinge pin to our, serve, our sermon series, and it's this. And God is able to make all grace, which is every favor and every blessing. I don't have enough. He's got every blessing and favor for you. And come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, <laughs> I love that, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I love that. I read that to myself. Gwen will quote it to me sometimes and I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll kind of, stumble around and sometimes it even needs a little duct tape you know to make it work you know because I'm like and abundance on every but I'm getting it down that every time that I go through something God you have given me everything necessary to be able to go to another level in my life In a few weeks, we're going to do kind of a Christmas in July where we have needs in the church. Anybody notice that this projector is a lot brighter in the last week than it was last week? This is a new projector. I believe it's somewhere around 6,000 luminas. Is that right? Yeah. $1,500. We need... This one's going out, and we haven't had a hyperwall in a year or two. I don't remember how long. So we need, give or take, around 5000 Pastor, I hope somebody in here has one. <laughs> Would it be great if you'd say, I got 5000 
I know I'm stretching some of you. You know, if somebody is bringing the kingdom of God in a situation and somebody at your work says, I lost my house. Good luck with that, buddy. No, no, no. If the voice of God speaks to you, as I've said, it's not about just money because it's the lowest. I think it's sometimes the easiest way because you could say, well, let me give you a few dollars. Let me give you $20. But what if God says, I want you to put them in a hotel for a week at $75 a piece with their food and everything. Just give them 500 Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll go back to the 20 Or about what about this? You don't have to spend any money. Just let them live in the third of your five-bedroom house. Whoa, I'll just give them a 500 Again, bringing the kingdom of God in in where we live, for that person that is homeless at that moment in their life, the kingdom of God just showed up in their life. I'm not not talking about being uh, foolish or uh, safe or any of that. Don't, Don't go there. I'm talking about the lordship of Christ in your life being demonstrated in a world that, again, that we can be the salt and the light that we can go the extra mile, that somebody can do us wrong and a jury would line up and say, you're right, they did you wrong and we still forgive them. In this whole series, I want us to realize that, you know, things like when we talk about the parables, almost every parable that God talks about stewardship, he's moving us in advancement. If it's about the tenants and, and the, the, the negative one was the guy that put it in a you know, hole, buried it, and gave back what he was given. The, the positive was the ones that would put to work what was given them and produce you know, more than they started with. That's, that's not to say that God isn't always going to challenge us or give us a fresh word for our lives or a dream. But what I'm trying to get to in this series is that we're not people that are always looking for a little bit more to be obedient to God. Just, I'm in lack, and I need somebody to help me, but we begin to look at it different. We're people that are blessed in order to be a blessing. We're fully supplied. We're fully supplied in everything that we do. On every occasion, through every season of our life, and we have to get a vision for that. Where there is no vision, people perish. We have to push through the survival mode of never having enough to get to a place that we begin to say, you know what, God, what's the need? Let, Let me stretch you before we go. It could be casting out a demon. It could be praying and seeing healing take place in a person's life. In the the aisle at the grocery store. Well, wouldn't everybody see me? That's the point. That God is setting free this person. 
kingdom abundance means it's a whole new world for you and me. That we don't allow, you know, there was a time, and I'm so glad that we're not there, but in the church world, there was a time where if somebody got sick or somebody needed to be saved, they'd call the pastor. And he'd put on his Superman cape and fly over there and, and try to pray and do. No, no. God says that we're all ministers. Let's enjoy life to the full, to the abundance being fully supported, being fully equipped to do every good work that God asks us to do. Let's pray. Father, today as we end this service, I think that God, that you know how much we love you. Mm. Would you just right now in your own words, would you just begin to say how much you love God? God, you are the love of my life. God, when I think about it, you're the hope that I've clinged to. God, through that hope, God, you mean more to me than this world could ever give me. More than gold or silver, untold riches. God, I pray that, Father, you would show us grace and favor to, again, prove, that, Father, that how much, the God, that we have not seen your love for us, that we've always been waiting for someone else to do the, the, the thing, whatever it is, the, the praying for the sick or the believing for the impossible. But, God, we become that person. that can be used of you fully. Father, we thank you for that ability. And Father, thank you for the identity of being your child. In your wonderful name we pray, amen. Amen. Before we leave today, I want to give you a chance to be a giver. And in this situation, it is giving money. And that helps us pay for everything that we enjoy. We'll give you details on projectors and technical equipment and all that stuff. And we'll put it in writing. And you could say, maybe that, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to pay for this month. But I want to again remind you what Justin had said in the announcements. The last Sunday of this month is a big weekend. The first thing is on Saturday morning, we're going to have a work day. But first, we're going to have a breakfast at 8 o'clock to about 9 o'clock. If you can't make it to the breakfast, come at 9 o'clock. And we'll only take a few hours, and, and we'll be able to do some things around here. Have you ever cleaned your house by yourself? Can you imagine if 60 people showed up at your house to clean it? You'd be done in 30 minutes. That's what we would like to do. Someone said, you didn't see my house. Okay. That is the last Saturday of the month, breakfast at 8, workday following. Then the next day is Sunday. We're going to have water baptism on that Sunday morning. If you'd like to be baptized, there's a sign-up sheet. We're going to have a class just again to make sure that people that are being baptized understand what being baptized is, you know, are, or what they're doing. If they're not just going into water, but it is actually 
them following the example of Jesus. That'll be the last Sunday of the month. And then also following that service, we'll uh, dismiss Sunday morning service. But following the service, the membership will have uh, our annual business meeting right here in the sanctuary. And if you've ever attended our business meeting, it really is to inform you all the things that have happened last year and where we're going this year, it kind of keeps you in track. If you're not a member, you can still attend. We just ask you to sit on the sides because uh, there'll be some uh, uh, ratifications of different things like board members and different things for the membership. But again, that all takes place the last week of the month. Would you please stand with me? Again, today, this message, I wanted you to get the kingdom of God and the lordship of God. All right. God, today as we leave, Father, I pray blessings on my wonderful friends. And Father, as they leave here, that they feel equipped. They, they, they're not just commanded to go do something that they're not equipped with. But God, they're commanded to do something that God, you're willingly and able to support them with kingdom resources to bring the kingdom of God to the people and to the circle of influence that they live in. And Father, I hope and I pray that God, that we would realize that in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel today. Amen.